I'm turning this evening to Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, and I read verse 42. The Lord's words to Martha, or from verse 41, Jesus said to Martha, 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 thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. And my subject this evening is choosing the better part, choosing the better part. And I begin uh, with tonight with a question, friends. Uh, it's a direct question, uh, one for us to think about. But what are you doing with your life? Very simple question, maybe a very important question. How are you spending uh, your time? What things are you attending to uh, in life? You and I, as we know, we only have one life in this world. You and I only have an allotted time, a fixed time, a time fixed, not by ourselves and under our control, a time fixed by the Lord God, our Creator and Maker. And we don't know how much of that time has been spent already and how much time is left. Maybe we haven't got much time if we were on the older side. Maybe we've got very little time and we've used up the bulk of our time already. It's rather, uh, our time may be like uh, in that sand timer, the sand timer you could think of our life and the top, the top glass has got just a little bit of sand left in it and the, uh, the bottom glass has got most of the sand, most of our years and our days are past and we've just got a short time left in this world. Well, how have we applied ourselves as we look back over our lives? Have we applied ourselves well? Have we applied ourselves to things which are really are useful and good and profitable and we, can, we feel at ease with ourselves at what we have done with our lives? Or have we wasted our time? And have we, do we regret how we have lived our lives? Have it, perhaps we have given ourselves to vain and empty things and maybe even sensual pleasures and now we regret those things. Maybe we've neglected for that entire period of our life our souls. Perhaps we've never really thought about it, or if we have, it's only been in a passing way. We've not really deeply and seriously, meditatively and deliberately uh, thought about the, uh, our soul and our need to be right with God. We've... Uh, We've not been disturbed about our sins. We've not been concerned about our guilt. We've been so occupied with other things that we've neglected this part of us. Even though it, it nudges us every now and again, it reminds us that you must pay attention to me. I'm here. This guilt, this, this is like a nagging illness within us, that with the symptoms which trouble us and disturb our peace. And yet we just put it to one side and uh, try maybe uh, occupy ourselves with something else. Well, friends, life is full of many things that call for our attention, isn't it? We, can, we cannot give ourselves, of course, to everything. There are just so many things that are crying out for our attention. We have to be discerning. We have to prioritize uh, things in life. We have to decide, well, this is necessary. I have to give myself to it. I have to do it. This is good for me. It's necessary and it's also uh, something that is good. And once we've come to that sort of a conclusion, then we can choose to give our time and our energy to such things. 
And there are many valid things like that in life. Education for one. We can, we can say definitely education is good. Education should be pursued. Education is necessary to, to get on in life. And time that you give to it, if you make that your choice, yes, it's a good thing. And it's a, a time that is well spent. The same may be said for a career that you embark on. You're going to do some good and use your time wisely and well. Or it may be family and you, uh, you may have your own family. You decide, well, my family, I must give time. I must give space. I must give, uh, give them uh, some of my time. A lot of my time uh, must be devoted to them or to friendships, that are friends that I have. And all these things are, are good and useful things to do. But what about the soul? What about your soul, friends? Have you, are you persuaded that that's a matter of primary importance? Are you persuaded enough that, to think, well, just like my family and my job and my education are, are important and I must give time to that, have I also, am I also thinking about the value of my soul? Have I come to that conclusion that this is a matter I cannot neglect? I cannot afford to neglect? Have I chosen to give time uh, to the things that uh, concern my relationship with God. Well, friends, that's what this lesson here is, uh, what is the lesson here in this event of Mary and Martha. That's what this uh, event is teaching us. There are many things in life, in this world, to distract us, as Martha was distracted, but we should always follow Mary's example, who by sitting at the feet of Christ, she made a deliberate choice to prioritize spiritual matters above earthly ones, as we shall uh, see. So let me just quickly go th firstly through that narrative, beginning at verse uh, 38. Jesus and his disciples, uh, they enter into a certain village, it's probably uh, Bethany, uh, not just a couple of miles uh, from uh, Jerusalem. And there we read that Martha, uh, warmly welcomed him into her home. Here was, she gave him an invitation, uh, not only to, to a visit, a short visit, but to a meal, uh, not just a brief uh, stopover. An invitation uh, being accepted, while Martha set about to make the preparations for food. She didn't need to do anything elaborate. She didn't need to go out of her way to make a great feast. But it seems that that is what she had in mind. It seems that that was, is what uh, she was preparing. And as soon as the invitation had been accepted, we could think, well, her mind began to race backward and forwards of all the different things that she needed to do. Oh, I need uh, to, to make sure uh, that uh, we're using the right the plates and the, we have the right cutlery and all the various dishes. What dishes shall, shall we make? And how many people are there to feed? And you can see her mentally in her mind counting the number of heads that she has to feed. Oh, do we have enough wine to serve all these people? Is there enough bread in the bread bin uh, to, 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 uh, to give out, to hand out to them? And all these things began to occupy her mind. Well, while Martha was so busy herself with all these preparations, Mary, her sister, was doing something completely different, something quite the opposite. Mary, we read, was sitting quietly at the feet of Jesus. 
absorbed by all that she was hearing from, from Christ, the Savior. That's all, all that she wanted to do, is sit and learn from Him. She wasn't a lazy sister. She, well, this wasn't, wasn't a get-out for her, so that she didn't have to do the housework and didn't have to help in the preparations. That's not her intention. She was uh, one who was also very diligent in, in uh, helping, as we learned from a, another occasion. But here, she, this was her choice. On this occasion, Christ has come to their home, and her intention is, and her choice is, and her decision is, I'm not going to attend to the cooking. I'm not going to help so much with the preparations because I want to take, uh, make the most of this opportunity. The Lord of glory, the Savior, has come into my, our home, and I want to sit and to learn from Him. I want to sit at His feet and hear from His very mouth uh, uh, the things that I need which are important for my soul. And that's what she, is doing. she did. And it wasn't long, as, we, as you know, uh, before Martha, overwhelmed by all that she had to do. We read in verse, 30, uh, in verse, uh, 30, sorry, verse 40, she was cumbered about with much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me alone to serve? Bid her therefore that uh, she help me. She was cumbered about with much serving. That word cumbered means to be drawn off in different directions, all at the same time, to have so many things going on in one's mind. Oh, I've got to prepare the room where the dinner is going to be served. I've got to chop up all those onions and peel all those potatoes, and I've got to prepare a soup dish, and so on and so on. All these things were, were on her mind's and calling for her attention. And she became so anxious and stressed over it all. And realizing that she was doing it all alone, and that Mary was in the other room, sitting silently, quietly at the feet of Jesus, doing nothing in her opinion. She barges in uh, into the room uh, and, uh, and complainingly said to, to, to Christ, in fact, Lord, dost thou not care? that my sister has left me to serve alone. Tell her, therefore, a commander that she should uh, help me. And the Lord's reply was that uh, rather than tell Mary what to do, he was somewhat critical of Martha. And uh, he gave her a gentle reproof. Martha, Martha, you are troubled, careful and troubled about many things. You're worried and agitated. You're worked up about so many things. You are harassed about too many things, Martha. One thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. A little bit critical, we could say, of, of Martha, but he had praise uh, for Mary. She made a good choice, and uh, she, had, she had chosen to sit at the Lord's feet. What does that good part that uh, Mary had chosen to sit at Christ's feet and to learn from Him. Perhaps, perhaps in her heart, I do not know, but perhaps at this time she was still asking the question, how may I be saved? How may I be saved? I want to know the answer to that question. How may I come into a right relationship with God? How may I have all my sins forgiven? How may I have a clear conscience before God? How may I be at peace again with my Maker? 
Perhaps she wanted to know these questions and she knew that Christ had the answers to these questions. And so she didn't want to miss the opportunity. No one else could answer those questions for her. The scribes and the Pharisees couldn't answer those questions for her, but she knew Christ did. And so she was desirous to make the most of that time and to sit and to learn uh, from him. And friends, that's the good part that uh, we need to, uh, to, to, uh, to learn from Mary, to make the similar choice ourselves. And you see, both these sisters made a choice. Mary chose to serve, and uh, sorry, Martha chose to serve, and Mary chose to sit at Christ's feet. Nothing wrong with what Martha was doing, really, but Mary's choice was the better one. Mary's choice is much better. And to place yourselves, friends, under the sound of God's word, to be concerned for your soul, to have a serious concern for it, to seek the Lord till you find him, to desire forgiveness from God, to make this a matter of priority, to think about your relationship with God and, and how you can come to know Him and be right with Him. Oh, friends, that's the best choice that you can make, to give yourself time to think about these things and to pursue them until you find the answers, until you are reconciled with God. This, this choice, if you choose to focus your time on, on these things, will not be wasted. This choice towers above all the other choices that you make in life. You will never regret making such a choice to sit and to learn from, from the Lord, to have answers to those questions that are upon your mind, those nagging questions. Why is there trouble in the world? Why is there sin in the world? Why do people die? What happens after we, we leave this world? Is there really life after death? What can I do about my guilt? Is there a solution to it? Is there a way to be forgiven? These are questions, friends, that are answered by the Word of God. And to give time uh, to think about these things and to find the answers in the Scriptures is time well spent. Christ said uh, in there in verse 42, this is one thing is needful. This was the one thing that was needful to, as, to do as Mary was doing caring for her soul, caring for her own soul. There's nothing wrong with that. It's good to do that. Is it your concern, friends? Can you say even this evening that it's the most important thing in your life? Can you say uh, in, in all honesty that uh, the state of my soul before a holy God is what I think about, what I'm concerned about, that I, whether I'm in the right relationship with Him or not? Sadly, many people don't think this way. Sadly, many people, for them, the one thing that is necessary for them is wealth or success or a comfortable life in this world. And so they, they busy themselves and they uh, engage in uh, making as much money as they can. They work long hours. They burn the candle maybe at both ends and they try and uh, do as much as they can. They weary themselves day after day, but they weary after one day, they will get up the next day and go back because the one thing that is necessary for them that drives them on is that desire to become rich or richer or successful. Ambition. For, our, for some, the one thing that is necessary is pleasure, entertainment, 
Fun, this is the thing that we live for. Life is to be a life of fun. Life is to have a good time. We don't need to be miserable. There are so many things for us to enjoy. And then they have all the different forms of entertainment. TV, concerts, music concerts, holidays, sports, drinking, all the different things. Oh, from one entertainment to another, from one pleasure to another. Some people are constantly on this. One thing I need is to amuse myself, to entertain myself. This is, the, this is what life is for some people. For others, well, friends, it may not be any of these things, but for others, the one thing that is necessary for them is just to live a quiet life. All they want, they say, is freedom to get on with their lives without anybody troubling them. They just want them and their families to get on uh, and to be left to themselves. They certainly don't want to be troubled by spiritual thoughts and spiritual discussion. We'll have none of that, please. Some homes, as you know, they have on their, their letterbox, isn't it? No junk mail. And usually they're, they're referring especially to religious material. Don't put, post anything uh, through this house. And some people's lives are like that. They almost might have it on their foreheads, you know. No junk mail here, please. No religious talk, no religious discussion. We don't want to talk about spiritual things. In some places we're even told it's not etiquette. It's not etiquette to speak about spiritual things. You must keep quiet. People don't want to know. Leave me. Nice. I want to have a nice, calm, quiet life. Don't disturb me with questions about life after death. And that there is a God who, to whom I'm accountable. And that there is a day of judgment. I don't want to know about those things. Those things disturb my peace and rest. Shh, be quiet. <clears throat> Mary was different. Mary chose to sit at Christ's feet. But notice, friends, she got criticized for it. She got criticized by her own sister. Her own sister complained about her. Oh, she shouldn't be sitting at your feet. Lord, she should be in the kitchen helping me. And friends, this may happen to you. You begin to think seriously about the things of God. You begin to seek the Lord with, uh, with sincerity and with earnestness. And uh, you, you come to church and as often as you can and you, you're learning and you're keen to learn and you're sincere about learning that way of salvation. Well, don't be surprised if people then begin to criticize you for doing that. What are you doing, they might say to you. You're wasting your time going to church. Well, you know, you should be going out. There's so many opportunities in London to make money. Why don't you do that? What are you doing going to church every Sunday? Well, don't waste your time reading the Bible, they'll say. You know, go out and enjoy life. Are you making yourself miserable by reading the Bible? Oh, all sorts of criticisms may come your way. It may even be that family members think, uh, criticize you or think that there is something wrong with you. Oh, John Bunyan brought this out very vividly, didn't he, in his Pilgrim's Progress. Uh, you remember the main character, Christian, as he is there uh, before he even begins his journey, the thing that initiates his concern for his soul is the book, the Bible. 
and he begins to read the Bible, and it makes him aware that his city, the city of destruction, is under God's judgment, and he himself is in great spiritual danger, and he needs, he's not thought about his soul, and he's not right with God, and he's concerned about these things, and he becomes, becomes serious about these things, and his wife and his children think he's gone mad. And his neighbors think he's gone crazy. Something's got into him. What's gone, what's, what's gone wrong with, with Christian? What's happened to him? But they, it may happen. Uh, people may criticize us if we become serious, uh, even in, this, in a similar way. Sometimes people do. They think you're, you're odd when you become serious about the things of God. Well, friends, did Martha have a better part than Mary? We think not. The text tells us very clearly, isn't it, that the one who was agitated was not Mary, but Martha. The one who was frustrated was Martha. The one who was anxious was Martha. The one who was unhappy was Martha. The one who was critical was Martha. Mary, on the other hand, was at peace. Mary, sitting at Christ's feet, was in a happy state. Oh, friends, to engage ourselves solely in the things of the world does not give us peace. It does not really lead to true happiness. And you know, and I know, that the more business that we have, well, the more anxious we are, the more agitated we become, the more things that are on our mind. And a life without God is an agitated life. life A life without God is a troubled life. There is no peace for the wicked, the words of God Himself. A life with with God, on the other hand, friends, is one of real peace, a peace in our consciences, and of real uh, happiness. This is what the Son of God came to do, to give us peace and uh, true happiness and life by bringing us back to God. He came to suffer and die on Calvary's cross to pay the penalty for our sins so that we may be reconciled again to to our Maker, so that we may be in a right relationship with Him. And when you're in a right relationship with God, then you will know and experience true peace and true joy and and true happiness in life. Without, uh, Without this, friends, we are, uh, it will ever be absent, it will ever be, happiness will ever be something that we are still trying to reach out for and grasp for and think, if I have this, maybe then it will bring me happiness. If I achieve this, then maybe it will bring me happiness. We're always trying other things, but it's in a relationship with God that we find true happiness and rest. Mary was at rest. So we see Martha criticized Mary and was wrong to do that. But the Lord was critical of Martha. Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. The things she had chosen to attend to were somewhat trivial, you could say, compared to sitting at his feet. When you compare the two together, she had confined herself to the kitchen where next door she had a tremendous guest. What a, what, a, what a thing to do. And she made the choice to stay in the kitchen and to, to do that work. We, we don't be overly critical because she had a good intention, but still she was missing a wonderful opportunity. And friends, doesn't that teach us as well that life generally is pretty mundane? 
Life without God is a mundane life. There's nothing extraordinary about it. We wake up in the morning, we have our breakfast, we go to work, or we go to school, then we do our day's work, we go home again, we have our dinner, we watch maybe TV, some TV, and then we, we go to bed, and then we wake up again and we do it all over again. Day after day, it's, it's a mundane kind of life. There is, and so we look for outlets to spice up our life. But generally, that's what life is like. It's a mundane life. But Christ came to give us a better quality of life, spiritual life, a true uh, communion with God. There's a higher level of life than what we know uh, with, in this world. He came to give us, he said, abundant life. Oh, friends, this is what we need. This is what Christ offers uh, to us, a better quality of life uh, than we have to be able to speak to God and have Him hear our prayers, to know His help and His blessing in our life, to have an assurance in our hearts that when we leave this world, yes, we're going to enter into a place that has been prepared for us with joys uh, unimaginable and a happiness that, we, that far, far surpasses anything that this world can offer us. Oh, friends, this is the kind of life He gives us a taste of it in this world when we come to Him. But it's only a, ta a foretaste of what is to come, something far, far better. And this is what Christ uh, offers to us. Oh, friends, this is the good part. This is the things that is needful. This is why Mary uh, chose that good part to sit at Christ's feet this is why she felt, this is so needful also for me. And as we close, friends, let me ask you again, what's your choice in life? What will you do with your time? And what will you give your attention to? Yes, you must attend to a number of things, but don't neglect this. Don't neglect your soul. Don't neglect the spiritual things. At whose feet will you sit? At Christ's feet? or the world's. You have a choice. Come to Christ, friends. Uh, believe in Him. Turn from your sins and trust in Him. Trust in Him fully. Yield your life over to Him. To know Him is life eternal. This is the better part. Make Christ your choice. Make salvation in Him your choice. And you will know the, the, the blessing of true peace and joy also through Christ. Let's pray together. O oh Lord, we thank Thee that Thou hast come to save us in Christ, and we thank Thee that we may again have this word of good news, that we may be saved. O oh Lord, help us, we pray, not to be turned aside and distracted by other things, the things that will take us away from Thee, but grant that we may have uh, a year to hear and to receive all that Thou art saying. Come, Lord, save us and be gracious to us and bless us here, each one. We ask in our Saviour's name. Amen. Amen. Let's close by singing our final hymn, number 407, Jesus, Redeemer, Saviour, Lord. 407. Mm -hmm.